What's up, guys? Cody Matt here, fourth base podcast number eight. Recording this on uh, Wednesday, September nineteenth. Got about nine, ten games left in the season. Uh, honestly, not a whole lot going on from where we were at last week. I think the uh, most exciting thing we said was the Tampa Bay. They dropped their wild card deficit from eight games to five games. If they uh. They keep that up, man. They're I'm not saying they're better than Boston, but they could be right there. You might it might be one of those years where you see three AL East teams with a chance, you know, to make the postseason, which I feel like we haven't seen in a little while. No, we haven't, but they were I mean, they're still five games back of Oakland. If they overtook Oakland, you're going to New York for a one game playoff. Yeah. To play Boston. But that would I mean that would be crazy. Three teams in the same division. Yeah. They've been the but, hottest team in baseball. They're almost twenty games over five hundred now. And this is after they sold off their they top rid- pitching prospect. Yeah, they just. I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago. It's just crazy that that's the run. But it's also the Tampa Bay Rays. So who knows what happens between you know now and then? So we've got that too. And Blake Snell is pretty nice, dude. Every year I've had that bastard, and he's never had a year like this. It was what him and Roger Clemens. I forget what the. Uh, what the stat was, but I know he was in something with just Roger Clemens. I'm like, wow. Yeah, like, I think he, he has the best record in the American League. I think he yeah. has 19 20. wins. I think he's got 20. 20. He just had 20, 20 the other day. Yeah. yeah, either yesterday or the uh, day before. His goatee creeps me out, just for the record. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It just it, it makes me want to go take a shower. Uh, NL wild card, only thing that, I mean, it's it hasn't changed the wild card race, but – the NL West changed, and the Dodgers are up on Colorado now. Colorado's the, you know, outside looking in in the wild card. Still Milwaukee and St. Louis. Um, Colorado's only one game back of that, that second wild card spot. How many games are they back in the division? Only one and a half. That's what I thought. I wasn't sure if that had changed today or not. Arizona's all the way back to six back now. So Arizona's borderline out of it now if we're getting yeah. down to the nitty-gritty and there's – Ten about ten games left after tonight. I think at one point I think I made a prediction that Arizona was going to win. See, even Philly is five games back of the second wild card spot. They're almost out of it entirely. Yeah, I'm with like a week and a half left. You can't really be five games back in the wild card race. Same with their, I mean, their division. I mean, we're we're going to see what could happen. I mean, I'm not. I don't want this to happen. My prediction is that Atlanta is going to the World Series this year. That's my prediction. It's bold. I'll stand by it for at least another week. <laughs> um, but Philly, I mean, realistically, man, they could end up if if Atlanta really shits down their leg, or Philly plays out of their mind, they could still win the division. The that Braves' magic yeah, number is six games. Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance? But, no, I mean, yes. Like statistically, there is a chance, but there is. We're also we were just discussing not long ago about how bad the Phillies pitching was doing. If all their pitchers are firing on all three cylinders, if they've got Eflin throwing well, they've got Pavetta throwing well and better he, than he, he has been. He outpitched Syndergaard tonight. Eflin yeah. did. And Arietta, if Arietta's hot again, like yeah. they could do damage. But I mean, there's only so many games left for this to happen. They've got seven games against Atlanta left. So if they were to sweep both series against Atlanta and four in Colorado, yeah, which is four other games. Easy. I mean, they've got a they got a tough schedule to finish the season. But if they got hot against Atlanta or Atlanta falls apart, that's seven games. They got four at Atlanta, and then three in Philly to finish the season. 
So, I mean, they could realistically, they still could win. I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to jinx it. Yeah, the Braves will have to be more than three games up for those last three not to matter. Yeah, their magic number right now to clinch is six. So, by the time, it would be nice if Colorado went out and they swept them. And then Atlanta only has to take two games from them in Atlanta. But that's the thing, too, is Atlanta is struggling to win games at home. Like, they're a better road team than they are in, uh, than they are at home. But speaking of, uh, of on the road, if the Yankees and the A's play, they'll be playing in New York. Oakland leads baseball with 123 home runs on the road. I heard it's easy to hit home runs in Yankee Stadium. That's that's what I've heard. I've uh, I've read I've read something about that before. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, but then something else I saw was, do you know who's second place in away home runs? One hundred twenty-one with the St. Louis Cardinals. Wow. So they're in not, the second wild yeah, card spot as well. So they'd be playing on the road too, if the season ended right now, which is really interesting. But then I think the jump from there was like I want to say one twenty one to like one oh nine, and I don't even know who that next team was. Okay. But that's really interesting when you look at both those wild card games. You've got teams that hit really well away, playing away, to start that game. And that's the thing too. Like I don't know if we've discussed this or not, but it's almost like what what are your thoughts on on that wild card game? Does that help you, or does that Hinder you the extra game? Yeah, if yeah, I think it hinders you for teams that don't have deep pitching. Agreed. You because have to burn you, your ace. Yeah, and potentially if he doesn't go, if your ace doesn't pitch well, you're using you know two or three, maybe four bullpen guys, depending on how bad it is. So and that's you, you I mean get you got to come back. Yeah, worked out because I mean you're putting everything on the line because your season's over if you lose that game anyway. So you I mean. I think I think the rest helps because you get better pitching matchups in that five game series. But I mean, they apparently the Yankees have a deep bullpen. They do so. Well, Chapman's back now too, so that definitely yeah. Helps. So so maybe it doesn't hinder the Yankees that much if they can win that game. Well, I th- I look at it, I understand the the burn in the ace that does hurt because then your your game one you're not getting your starter your your number one ace. So if you don't have like two really, really above-average guys, then that definitely hurts you because yeah, you're going against the other off. team's ace. Yeah. But I also kind of wonder if it helps from the aspect that you're staying, you're not, like, sitting around. The other team that they're going to play, like, which would be Boston, right? Right. Um, they're not playing a game. They're just sitting around getting, I mean, basically getting rusty. Yeah, I mean, yeah you they're, get getting, some, they're that, getting some rest. But. Sale against not Severino. Yeah. In game one. But honestly, like, Severino's been not good the second half. He started off really strong, and then he just – I don't know if it's just because he's young and he got tired or something, but he just – he's been pitching terrible. I almost think they would rather throw Tanaka against whoever they're playing. What, in Boston? You no, play, in you, the wild card In game. the wild card. See, that's interesting because they do have a deep bullpen. So if he starts to struggle early – they could save Severino for game one if they want to do that. Maybe someone else. But I don't think – I mean, maybe maybe Severino just decides to start playing again in the postseason and pitching lights Yeah, out. it'll just – it'll be interesting to see who the Yankees will want to go with with really their season on the line. 
whoever yeah. it is. We'll, I mean, we'll, either way, if they go with Tanaka and Tanaka pitches a gym, they're praised for it. If they go with Tanaka and he pitches a dud, he does. You know, they're they're set on fire for it. Yeah. Um, Oakland, I guess. I mean, I would just assume that they're going to pitch Hendricks, their opener. I think his last uh, four starts, he's gone like an inning and hasn't given up a, a, a run yet. That's promising. So I think, I mean, I just, I don't know if we're going to start seeing that trend or not. Do you, I mean, I don't know that you'll see it at the beginning of the season with having like a closer or an opener. Yeah. You know? And I, they've even been, everybody's been using that term now as like the opener. I'm just like, Jesus, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I hope this is a fad. Instead of a starter, that's awesome. Yeah, I just, I don't know. We discussed it. I just, there's positives and negatives to it but I'm also making another prediction that Ronald Acuna has won the rookie of the year that's bold he's got 26 home runs this year 27 26 he didn't homer today I thought he did but I was watching a clip from uh from yesterday's game okay but dude he just hits rockets did you see uh Blackman's home run off Kershaw no like a moonshot just crushed it as <laughs> soon as he hit it it's just like Bye bye. He hasn't had an overwhelming year this year, though. I think he's been good, but how I don't know if he he keeps getting hurt. I he mean, was he's awesome just, last year. He just keeps having having the same like you know back issues, and I think that it's like going to be similar to Felix. He just he pitched so much that now he's he's just injury prone. I don't know if that's going to change. He makes adjustments or whatever, but we'll see. He's still having a really great year last year. He just had a ridiculous year last year. There's no way he was going to hit 37 home runs, 104 RBI last year, 137 runs for Charlie Blackman last year. That's Yeah, his he became like out of nowhere and just became a fantasy god basically. Well, you break 100 RBI as a leadoff guy. That's 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 a pretty impressive season. On top of 137, that's kind of a big stat. A lot of uh, yeah. teams use as runs plus RBI, and anything over 200 is is pretty good. Yeah, um, that's one thing I'm really wondering about what the Braves are gonna do. Like, do you keep Acuna at the leadoff spot? I mean, it's worked out this year, but I'm thinking like long term, what could you know? What could he do hitting at the four hole behind Freeman? Yeah, behind Freddie. Like, look how much protection that gives Freddie. That's like having a, a number four well, I don't leadoff think that guy. Why don't lead off? What's wrong with that? He just started kind of struggling in the second half. He wasn't. He was pretty hot. Uh, I think he had like seventeen home runs before the All Star break, and I think he's got like twenty or twenty one now. Like he's cooled off tremendously. Yeah, his on base percentage must not be fantastic then. He's kind of got. He's got a long swing for like a small guy like that. He's got a long swing, and I think that's how he generates all that pop that he's got. But that's going to make you prone to strike out. So how, how does that happen? Maybe. Explain that for a minute, how he gets up first before Acuna, and Acuna is the bigger prospect and supposed to be better. Was it more of a Albies, need? Albies because, was up last year. Yeah, I know. But that was our, our gaping hole was a second base spot. We just didn't have anybody. Like, we haven't had, like, I feel like we haven't had a solid second baseman. I can't even tell you how long. Like, we signed Dan Ugla that was supposed to, like, keep hitting all those bombs, and then how it was long, just. Phillips was a good second baseman. How long did they have him? Like, a couple months. They just had him at the end of last year. He was a rental or whatever, but it just... I mean, I would have loved to have Brandon Phillips in his prime, but he's not in his prime anymore. Like Even no. his defensive metrics aren't what they used to be, so he's still known for his glove, but he's not as good with his glove as he as he used to be. Yeah, Ozzie Albies right now 
his on base percentage is three twelve. Yeah, I mean I don't think Acuna's great. Yeah, I don't think Acuna's is that much better. Yeah, but honestly, he has power. Yeah, but I just I don't know. Like I just wonder what they're gonna do. Like, do you want do you want that that spark at the top of the lineup? He still he does strike out a lot too, you know, more than you want to see for a leadoff hitter. But if you put him at the fourth spot, you basically are running, you know, another leadoff hitter with someone with the speed, you know, that can that a leadoff hitter should have at the fourth spot, and you can basically just restart your lineup again if you can get there. These are pretty decent numbers for Albies, though. He has a 105 WRC plus. His WAR is 3.7, and yeah. the year's almost. I mean, if he's almost a four WAR guy, that's that's really productive yeah. still. He uh, well, he got called up in the last year because we needed a second baseman, Acuna. I mean, he just he wasn't supposed to come up as fast as he did. He went from single A to triple A last year. How many bases could he potentially steal a year? Dude, he's fun. He's really fun to watch. Like, it's been a long time. Like, I enjoy watching Freddie Freeman hit, but it's fun to – like, he, Acuna's one of those guys that it's just fun to watch him play. He's so just full of energy, and he hustles so hard. It's just really fun to even watch him run the bases. Yeah, Albie's OPS, 772. Yeah, And BABIP, which is uh, – Batting average with balls in play is two ninety five, which isn't great. No. So, I mean, he just – there's definitely some things to work on. I think that long term, I think he has to shorten his swing up and maybe only hit, you know, 10 to 15 home runs. And I'd rather see him hit 300 and walk some. Yeah, then he's definitely worthy of a – But we've also – you can spot. Yeah, you can also go the route of – platooning and having NCRT lead off against right-handed pitchers and have Albies lead off against left-handed pitchers. You could always go that route, too. I mean, I, he's a switch hitter, and I don't know his splits on righties versus lefties. But, I mean, that's that's an option that they could do. But that's the thing that I didn't really ever pay attention to until I was watching a game uh, last week was Freeman and Marcakis for being left-handed hitters. Mm-hmm. They both slaughtered left-handed pitching. Which is nice to have those guys that yeah. when you the team like against a sale or something like that. It's not a huge fall off. No. And that that makes uh makes you a little bit more confident, especially when you got a lefty. Then you're throwing the three and four hitters are both lefties. Like it just sucks when it's immediately you're like, all right, well that's two outs right there. Doesn't even matter. Doesn't matter. You'll get lucky once or twice, but it doesn't even matter the rest of the time. Yeah, Albies has 22 home runs, which is yeah. pretty respectable for a second baseman. Uh, Freeman's, he's kind of starting to turn it back up now, which is really great for the Braves' chances. Sorry that we're talking about the Braves, not the Red Sox, but, I mean, <laughs> to be honest, man, the only thing we've had to talk about with the Red Sox is, is Sale really injured, which clearly he's not. True, and, and how long till they win the division? They're what, one, two games to clinch? Yep, right now. They've got a what at New York one one game is that a it's got to be a makeup game or something like that. What's well, tomorrow? I think it's the the rest of the the current series. Oh, duh. it's the last Stupid. game of the series. Brain fart. Well, then they've got three at Cleveland, which doesn't matter. Cleveland's already clinched the division, so that's I'm not saying it's three gimme games. I hope not. 
because I have Clevenger pitching in fantasy in one of those. So I hope that Cleveland just doesn't say, well, fuck it, and see what happens. But So I think it's it's we could definitely say that they won't come that close to the record. So I think they're at 103 wins right now, if I saw correctly. And they have 10 games left after tonight. It looks like they're going to lose some tonight to the Yankees. What's that score? It was 4-1. to It was 4-1. to It's 8-1 to now. Damn. Yeah. Well, they're that team that can make a hell of a comeback and win. But even if you add those 10, <clears throat> those 10 remaining games after tonight, that puts them at 113 wins, which is, I mean... Yeah, it's not shabby. Yeah, it's pretty close. I think Cora has made it abundantly clear he doesn't care if they set that record or not. He wants to rest them. And now that's the thing that really sucks like about fantasy is you've got managers that are jockeying their jockeying, jostling their uh, rotation around just for the playoffs. Like, I don't care about the last week of the season – who who do I have to put – where do I put Sale at in my rotation so that he's going to be ready to pitch game one yeah. and go from there? That's really – yeah, that's the only thing that matters right now is is slotting him into that that that, that right spot yeah. so he lines up for and game that, one. That, that affects you in fantasy because we're we're in the last week of our, our playoff, playoffs right now. You're yeah. playing for uh, – Third, third place, place, and I'm battling for first. Yeah. But that's the thing, too, is like the James Paxton thing. Like, he's sick, but why? Seattle's out of it. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they do. They're not going to rush him if he's had, you know, the flu and pneumonia and shit like that. If he gets one more start, cool. You can't keep him anyways. No. He was not a keeper for me, so I just Well, you did him. keep him, right? So you oh, yeah, keep I kept him, him again. last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah I uh, ended up keeping him. I'm not sure you'd keep him anyways. This year? Nah, not with who I have now, no. Yeah. Uh, Scherzer's a no-brainer. And I think, I mean, like I said, I just, Soto and Acuna, unless, God forbid, some injury or something like that happens, there's no way I can't keep both those guys. How you feeling about your chances of winning? Well, third place? Not bad. They're okay. I have at least one or two pitchers going. I think for the rest of the week, today's not going great, but I feel, you know, 50-50. Do you count? I feel like I played Brian starts? a lot. I already played Brian the last week of the regular Did season. You? Yeah, because I had to beat him because he was in first place. Yeah, whatever. that's right. Yeah. So I've, I I feel like I played Brian a lot, especially in the last couple of years too. So his team's good. Yeah, they're nice. You finished with second for a reason. Yeah. I don't know. Do you count starts? Like, is that like the first thing you do? No. Do you, you don't do that at all? No. See, I'll, I'll usually go through and, like, count and be like, all right, they've got X amount of starts going. I've got X amount. What do I need to do? See, and I also, I've been paying more attention this year, kind of looking at, like, not just looking at the pitcher that's going, but who are they who are they going against? Like, when I was looking at Clevenger in Boston, it's like, fuck. Yeah. Here we go. Like, I hope that Boston clinches. See, I don't, I don't count starts because I don't, I don't think it matters. If you have enough good guys that are going to get you Agreed. between, I don't know, but but I get at the end of the at the end of the year. No, I'm saying between twelve and twenty is really good. But at the end of the year, you kind of you, you get injuries, stuff happens, so you have yeah. to kind of end up streaming maybe that last starting pitcher spot. But generally, when I try to pick up a guy, it's going to be longer than one or two starts. I'd like to. That's what I, like I generally to to try pitch. to do. Yeah, a guy that that looks good and hopefully he's back healthy or whatever. It can be good for like a month or something like that. So. I feel like. 
that's what really separates the people that do well in fantasy and the people that don't. Like, if you're just constantly streaming a guy, you're inevitably you're going to get that guy that goes out, goes three innings, gives up eight runs, and loses you six points or whatever happens. If you can pick up a guy and then, like, right, right when he's getting hot and he goes on, you get three or four starts, really good starts out of him, and then you know, like, after, like, one bad start, you know, you're just like, all right, nope, getting rid of him, drop him. I feel like that's more effective in the long term, but then I feel like at the end of every year, I end up being like, all right, I got to get points. Like, I got to get points. Yeah. He's got four more starts going to me. I've got to I've got to drop some guys. And also, I think just naturally you're not looking long term at that point. You're thinking short term. I want to get this win this week. I'll deal with next week next week. And I don't remember any ever dropping a guy where I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have dropped him and then not being able to pick him back up. Muncie. For yeah. me, it was Muncie this year because they brought Dozier over and he, he they were only, I don't know if they were platooning him. Playing, they, they, they tried to move him around everywhere, but he never really had a daily spot. And the dude, I mean, he's 30-plus home runs this year. He's been pretty good, but he doesn't what? play every day. I Did he have guys that play every day. Yeah, uh, yeah, second, first, and uh, some, maybe just first and second. It's nice. It's nice when he'll have that next year. I bet you he'll get drafted a lot higher next year. I mean, I feel like those guys that come in, you always like at the at this current year, you don't know like where am I going to put him. You don't have a chance to like kind of mold your team into that because you don't know where he's going to play at yet. I feel like next year, hopefully, they'll have a better plan and give him solid playing time at, yeah. at one position. And then what happens to his numbers? Do they skyrocket? Like, look at Jose Ramirez. He came in when he first started playing and was doing that, playing second, shortstop, third. Put him in one position and look look what he's doing. Yeah. MVP caliber numbers. If you don't have to worry about playing every day, I'm sure that helps. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just ease of mind. Like, you can get in at least to a routine. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, like, it would necessarily screw you up that big jump in position to position, but I'm sure that it does help being able, like, just to be able to go and, like, all right, I'm doing this today. Like, you just map it out. I feel like teams only mildly care about defense nowadays. It's not a big of a, as big of a deal because it's, you know, the with the the change in hitting and elevate and celebrate and launch angle and exit velocity and all that stuff. It's, it's I feel like nobody hits for average anymore unless there's some speedster that can steal bases like yeah. D. Gordon or something. I feel like Hayward was the last person that really got a contract because of defensive ability. I just feel like those guys that are just like defensive wonders, except obviously catchers are going to be that. Simmons, uh, Simmons probably in L.A., and then it just so happened that he turned it on offensively after he went to uh, the Angels, and he's been real nice offensively the last two years. So disappointed we traded him, but, I mean, we got such a great return. But why, it's why, still... did, why did Zach Cozart then go to that same team? He played shortstop the entire his know. entire career in Cincinnati. I don't know why they would pick up know. another shortstop, especially guy they, because he was a free agent. They had to they had to pay him money. Maybe they were worried. Simmons, I think he had an injury of some sort. I think he had a couple injuries that one year. Maybe I think that might have been why they picked him up like short term. Yeah, I think, they I think he was playing. They moved him to third. He was playing third base. Yeah. I don't know who their original third baseman was, but he's. 
Cozart is is pretty solid defensively, but he's not. I mean, Simmons he leads have. in DRS, which is defensive runs saved. Like every year, he's beast. the best defensive player in baseball. Literally, never had to worry about a ball hit shortstop. Yeah, anything hit over there, I expected him to have, and I liked him enough as a player that I had his jersey. Yeah, which I don't have a lot of jerseys. I've got a Freeman jersey, a Simmons jersey, and a Maddox jersey. So, like, Pretty they tiny. traded him. I, I was this close to getting a Kimbrel jersey the year he got <laughs> traded. Thank God I didn't, but I've been, I'm probably going to end up getting me an Acuna jersey yeah, here. Yeah, I was going to ask, who's next? I'll definitely get one of his because there's, there's no way he's going anywhere. If they, I don't even know what it would take to, to trade him. I'd have to take something completely ash, like, just ridiculous for them to ever get rid of him. That'd be stupid. Well, unless he turns into Mike Trout or something, and they have to pay him, yeah, a, well, you know, a lot of yeah. money. Whatever. But that's still that's five years down the road, yeah. you know. Yeah, which I just I still man I hate that I hate that guys just nobody finishes their career where they started anymore. No, because they never get paid. Like you get such a bargain, and then everybody wants to talk about like you're talking about like the worst contracts ever. You look at your Albert Pools. It's like, yeah, I get that that contract's terrible now at the end of his career. But look at the numbers he put up before he signed that contract. In baseball, you don't get paid for what you're going to produce. You get paid based off of what you have produced. Right. It's like, all right, yes, I'm not going to produce 50 home runs a year every year. Yeah, they have these predictive career, But I've put up 55 the yeah. last seven years. Fucking pay me. And then people get pissed when you're backloaded at a contract and you're paying a guy $25 million, and he's hitting like 200 and has four home runs and played like 60 games. To be fair, Pujols was pretty excellent. Yeah, but that contract was terrible. Yeah. I feel like the Marlins got kind of lucky with the Stanton. Was, oh, yeah. Was that the highest contract? Wasn't that like a 373, three, over 370? I think it was too much. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it was 370-some million, though, over... Eight to ten years, something like that. I don't understand why they just decided to, you know, burn the house down like they did. But I think that was a very smart move for them to just be like, all right, we got a chance. Let's fucking get rid of that contract. I wonder right how now. much of that money that they ate or had to to eat the, the Marlins. I don't remember them. You think the Yankees just took over the rest of that contract? Well, he's got the, He's got the opt-out. But I don't know if they have like a team. I don't think they have a team. Opt if so, out. that's silly. I'm sure there. I don't know. I'm sure there's some sort of a buyout towards the end of his career. But well, I know sure the Yankees. They're still, I, I believe, seventh in payroll, seventh overall. They used to be one forever. Oh yeah. And actually, Boston's one this year, I think. But that's. I, become, I can't see that. They've become the enemy. Yeah, they have. What's next? Pinstripes on the jerseys. No. Did you see that video? Everybody clean shaven. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that video of those two guys from Boston that found the old banner from last year's World Series parade? No. Oh, you got to look that up. It's what, just. What happened? If you can imagine two guys from Boston with their act, like over the top accents and shit, that's what it is. They said they were like driving like on the road and they saw something. So they stopped and they like, they're like, what is this? And they like unraveled it and it's the 2018 banner. And it's like, really? Like, it's all white. It's been there for that long and nothing, didn't get anything on it or anything like that? Like, is it that well wrapped and they someone just lost it like that? 
Like it like fell out no of way. the back of the truck or something? Yeah, like, <laughs> whatever. And they're like, yeah, this is Boston's, this is Boston's, but uh, we're not going to give it up for nothing. It's like, you piece of shit. If that were, like, if that were your team, you give it to them. You give yeah. it back to them, and then you hope. that They're like, oh, that's fucking cool. That's like, karma. Here you go. For your team. Yeah, here's here's tickets to the next however many games. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just shitty to be like, oh, you're going to have to give me something. I bought some hooked on phonics. It's like those people that tried to bury that David Ortiz jersey that were building when they were building a new Yankee stadium yeah. and they found it, I think. They tried to like That's at it. least funny. That, that That's is, really <laughs> funny. It's like, oh yeah, you know what's under your stadium? Oh, it's a middle Big finger. Pop, yeah, man. it's a middle finger oh, for yeah. years. Big time. Big time indeed. I think they found out that. Yeah, I think they found I remember uh seeing that thing. That's still that's my favorite thing that I see uh, Carabas post all the time is anytime the Yankees lose it's that, that big poppy video yeah. the and then Yankees you just see lose. you just see a Rod in the background like chuckling and it's like oh Jesus that shit's hilarious. Uh, Keuchel did not uh, get you anything tonight. He lost you points. Yeah, he will after the loss, but I I don't I don't know what's happening with Seattle. Seattle's up 5 nothing in the bottom of the fifth. Two outs. Gaddis is up. Two El guys Oso on. Blanco. Yeah. The worst beard ever. Dude, that's a man's beard. I discussed this last time. Last time we were podcasting with Irv here, two weeks ago, I think. He looks like Kyle was on. He's going to swing out of his shoes again. <laughs> dude, that dude just. He did. He must like they must glue him on or something. No, but with Seattle, I don't know what's happening with who started this game because I saw someone came in the fourth inning and already pitched some guy named Lawrence. Yeah, I uh, think they twenty some pitches. I think they're just I don't know if this is like <laughs> a bullpen game they or quit. whatever. But they're they're up five nothing. It's working. Whatever. They're just it is. like all right. Put everybody's names in a hat. See, this guy's in the bottom of the fifth. I think this is he did. He struck out. Wow. Yeah, that's what he does. He only had 21 pitches, so he probably yeah. only pitched that inning. Oh, that's a bullpen game for sure. Ooh, Brad Peacock's warming up. <laughs> he's, it looks like he's coming in. They're just pretty much putting the names in a hat, drawing them out. Like, all right, you're starting. You're going, give me two innings. You, two innings. So that means Keiko's done for the night. Should be. I assume. I mean, really, the only hope, like, fantasy-wise you have is if he were to, like, run off two more innings and strike out six guys. He doesn't strike out a lot of guys. No. Did you see that uh, shit I shared on Twitter of the Cardinals pitcher? That 100-mile-per-hour, like, sinker? No, that was uh, – no. Was that today? Yeah. Pull that up real quick, like, on your phone. Like, look at that. This thing, dude, it's 100 miles per hour. He throws it against uh, Ozzie Albies today. This ball drops, like, this far, and it's 100 miles per hour. It's like, how are you even supposed to hit that? It's not even fair. And then I saw another video that was Tuki Toussaint throwing, uh, I think it was an 87-mile-per-hour splitter that uh, I think it was Colton. Colton Wong still plays with the Cardinals, right? I'm not being stupid. No, you're correct. Yeah, so he swings, ends up on his knee, like trying to hit the ball, like swinging at the ground. Like, it was insane. But that, that sinker was one of the nastiest pitches I've ever seen. Like, I thought that cinder guards. Oh, I have it pulled up right here. Are you watching it? Yeah, they do have it at a... 100 miles per hour. Yeah. That's probably the nastiest pitch I've ever seen. It moved, he's right-handed, and it moves inside out and just it's falls disgusting. off. It's disgusting. They said, I think the one caption said, 
uh, he makes he throws a baseball and gives it wiffle ball action or something like that, and it's like, yeah, that. How can you hit that at a hundred miles per hour? How can you even hit that? Oh, the best hitter in the world. Yeah, he didn't throw it for a strike, but even if he threw it for a strike, I have no clue how you'd hit it. Imagine, I mean, but that ball probably started in the strike zone though, and it ended up that far out of the strike zone because it's just absolute filth. I just don't understand how you could throw a ball that hard and get that kind of movement. I'm really wondering if seeing all this stuff, if they're legitimately going to have to move the pitcher's mound, like either back or down a couple inches or something like that. Yeah. Because how can you hit that? That that's probably what they do because they moved it up at some point in the past, right? To help to the get, pitchers. Yeah, to get well. Yeah. Wouldn't they just move it back down a little bit? You'd think so. I mean, I don't know. They'd have to obviously. They'd have to test that and see, like you know, what kind of like the what human, what effect yeah, what, it takes on yeah. velocity and stuff like that. But I guess at that point too, does that affect the hitter? I mean, is there an adjustment period for hitters for that too? Yeah, probably. Because, I mean, you're kind of seeing the ball from a di- – I guess it depends on if it's distance or if it's just height on the mound or whatever. I, I think know. both would affect them. Yeah. It would, it would have to be – it wouldn't be a think. drastic change, whatever I they went with. I don't think they'll do that for a very, very, very long time. They, I haven't even seen anything really talked about it yet. And that yeah. shit usually takes years, though. Yeah, baseball is more worried about cutting the get down the game time, the overall yeah. game time to under three hours is, I think, what they want. Well, but that's the thing, though, is it's not the game time. It's not the duration that's the problem. It's, it's the downtime. It's where people are bringing in three relievers in an inning, and it takes an hour because of that. Or those bad games where you're in the sixth or seventh inning and the reliever's in – and they walk the bases loaded. Then they make a pitching change, give up like a single or something stupid, make another pitching change to play the yeah. matchup. And it's like, all right, I just got a beer before this inning. You get commercials in between all that. Yeah. Well, that too when you're watching at home. But when you're at the stadium, it's like, all right, I just got this beer. It's gone. I have to go get another beer in the same exact inning. Yeah. This is trash. Like, why are you guys <laughs> doing this to me? But, yeah, that's what they've got to speed up. they got to speed up that that downtime between, which I think they're on the right path with not letting them leave the batter's box, but they've got to start making them, everybody stay in the batter's box. And I think that they're, they, when I went up to Toledo and watched that game, they had a pitch count for the minor league pitchers. Like you've got like X amount of seconds to to throw the next pitch or whatever. I think they're testing that. Um, I'm pretty sure that was there, unless I just completely made that up, which I don't, I did get pretty drunk up there, but, uh, that's beside the point. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like that's the the time's not the issue. If they were more constant action, I think that would help out. But I don't think you can just immediately fix that either. Yeah. So what happens when the clock expires? I don't know. I guess it's what's the penalty? Ball. I mean, same like I guess that would be the the equivalent. Yeah, you can't. You do just that give them though. a ball. No, yeah, that's crazy. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what they would have to do, or maybe they like you find them. Look how just deep that was. Find the shit out of them. Who was that? Just crushed that the ball Zunino? off of no, yeah. off of Peacock. Oh man! Six pitches in, no outs in the inning. Dude, that was a moon ball. I don't know the Astros. What would happen? It would be crazy if the Astros ended up losing the division. I don't see it happening. That would be crazy if that happened. It would. They'd play in the wild card against Pro at New York if they ended up yeah. losing the division. They have about the same record as the Yankees now, which kind of sucks for the Yankees. 
Yeah. Really sucks for the Rays if they were in a bunch of other divisions. Like if they, I think they had the same exact schedule or uh, record as Cleveland, and they're not even getting a wild card spot right now. Yeah, Houston has three more wins and two less losses than the Yankees. Yeah. I would. I'd like to see Astros. Like I said, Astros, Red Sox in the World Series. Unless I mean, sorry for you, but if the Red Sox get knocked out, I wouldn't. Well, you mean the ALCS? Hopefully. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. (laughs) Um, but I wouldn't be upset if the Red Sox just got knocked out because they're a dangerous, dangerous team. But yeah, when we do this podcast again in two weeks, we should be sitting like, actually like thinking about it. We didn't even talk about this yet. That should be like perfect time for us to do a playoff preview. Yeah. Or a postseason preview because we got what, two weeks left? Not even? The 30th is the last game for I think most teams. So that's just under two weeks. Yeah. So we literally, like, we should have a lot of info to kind of go over for postseason. Yeah, some of the matchups are, I mean, they're not all ironed out yet, but they will. Yeah, no, we won't know about the wild card probably for a little bit. I mean, I think next week when we we go, we'll know Boston will have clinched. Hopefully Atlanta can clinch by then. Maybe Houston. Yeah, Houston. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, I also want to congratulate uh, Freddie Freeman for uh, stealing a base on Yadi Molina today. Really? It ended up uh, costing him a run. That's they, no small feat. They challenged. I mean, it was. I'm sure it was pitcher's fault. <laughs> Not holding him. Freddie wheels Freeman. But yeah, uh, we'll uh, see you guys next week. Adios. Peace.